The stories and debates you are about to hear are shocking, gruesome, and disturbing. To avoid fainting, repeat after me. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. Take as much as you can stomach. And now, on to today's feature. Good evening, boils and fools. Join us as we search for the king of the monsters! Top of the morning to you. Welcome to King of the Monsters, the only podcast where you'll need more than luck to win. I'm Executioner Joe. And I'm Spooky Lukey. And uh, today, we're going to kind of take it back to the slashers. We asked you guys what you wanted, and sure enough, this is what uh, what you guys said. Yep. But before we jump into that, we <clears throat> had a comment over on Twitter about our Slash Cards game. So, from at Kill Bill Murray, which in his profile, <laughs> he likes Bill Murray. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's a listening to, he said, a listening to the new episode, and as a fellow Mexican listener, I felt the need to correct you guys. Wreck is from Spain, as well as the Devil's Backbone. Even though it's directed by Del Toro himself, it happens during the Spanish Civil War and was made by a Spanish studio. And wasn't the Devil's Backbone one that they listed? On the card? I thought so. Well, uh, Mexico and Spain worked on it together. There was a company from Mexico and from Spain, so they might have counted it. Okay. Well, and and who knows, too, because, I mean, do you know where the movie's set? It is is set in Spain. It is set in Spain. Maybe because some of it was filmed in Mexico. Oh, that could be also. Because, so technically it would be, you know, like a quote mexican production I yeah guess. I, I i don't know <laughs> i've i've actually never seen that movie i've yeah. seen rack i i'd seen it after we recorded that so. oh did you oh okay <laughs> all right yeah that was a, just out of curiosity do you have any more from there or from twitter or anything like that uh that was our only one from twitter okay oh no no i was just curious i i just didn't want to move on from there without yeah oh. so thanks for commenting we're bad at trivia. <laughs> we'll get better, hopefully. That was a, I, I thought that was a fun episode. Though. Yeah, I, it definitely uh, was, we'll, and we'll have more. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to get George Zilla back into the the basement, you know, the the dungeon that we have down here. Let's go. Let's we'll call it the dungeon from now on. Okay. The cool. dirty dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, we'll, we'll, we already have something kind of in the works we've been talking about having George Zilla back on, so stay tuned for that, but... We're going to have to have him moderate some more trivia. Yeah. So. so I think listeners are wondering, who won the last round? Because I don't even know. Yeah, I know. I know you're wondering, too. Well, so you know how last time we talked about how it was going to be a landslide for Pennywise? Yeah. Not exactly. Really? So let's get the stats up here. Okay. So coming in. All right. Before I. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. Okay. Coming in. 49.4% Jack Torrance. Ooh. At 50.6% is Pennywise. You guys, we had one vote decide that it was Pennywise. <laughs> oh, my gosh. See, I, I was I was surprised with Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. Yeah. I'm even more surprised with this, though. One vote. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I'm still kind of in shock. When, when I counted them, 
I was like, wait, am I am I getting this right? Yeah. Sure enough, yeah, sure enough, by one vote, Pennywise won. See, this is the show where your vote matters. <laughs> it d- definitely is. So anyways, um, as we kind of mentioned before, we are kind of going back to Slasher. So as some of you who have been listening to us for the last couple months may remember, we started off with King of the All-Star Slashers. The kind of slashers that everybody and their ugly sister knows, right? Jason Voorhees, <laughs> Michael Myers, all those. This is going a little bit deeper. We're going with the, quote, A-list slashers yeah. here. Most people will probably still know these. Yep. There might be a couple, I think, on here that a little less known, at least for one. Yeah, I, I feel like most of them people have at least heard of. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're into horror. Chances are, if you're into horror, these guys are... You know, people you love. Yeah. But, and these guys could have made the all-stars. Yeah, yeah. And, and and in all honesty, when, I mean, way back when King of the Monsters was just a twinkle in my and Joe's eyes, these, these were some of the people that we had kind of debated whether or not to put in with the all-star slashers. And, Many of them were, Yeah. And we just thought it better kind of cut it down into some categories so we can split up the episodes and... Yeah, especially because, I mean, and we still have more tiers of slashers. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to go back into slashers after this for a while. I think we'll take take a, a break from them. But if we would not have split them up into different tiers, I mean... We'd still be on slashers. Oh, oh, for for another year. <laughs> yeah. Easily. So, anyways, Joe, I mean, without further ado, do you want to just jump right into it? Yeah. So, our first contender for this, uh, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. Uh, first uh, film that he was in was called Manhunter, which came out in 1986, and then it was two hours and four minutes long. The budget was around $15 million, with the box office only being around $8,600,000. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> humble, humble beginnings for Hannibal Lecter. Like, I didn't write down any of the scores, but, like, people seem to like it, though. Yeah. Oh, I, so, I, I I'm guessing... Because they made more that maybe DVD sales or something might have helped out. Yeah. Um, it's also important to know that uh, Hannibal Lecter is actually, before the films, he was actually in a series of books. Yes. By, uh, got his name right here, Thomas Harris, which uh, the first book came out 1981, which was uh, Red Dragon, which I know that there's a movie Red Dragon, Manhunter... I believe is the like red dra- an, an adaptation. Of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought so. And just I I I'm not gonna uh, dance around it. I I've never seen Manhunter. I have not either. Uh, so is is Anthony Hopkins in it? Do you know? No. Uh, Brian Cox was the actor. Okay. So yeah, not even the most famous uh, actor for. Yeah. So Anthony yeah. Hopkins, of course, made it famous with a uh, silence of lambs, which came out in 1991. The classic Dude, silence of the lamb is so far reaching to like of a, of a movie. Oh yeah. Especially as like a, you know, horror movie. I know some people debate, Oh, it's a slash or not a slasher, a thriller, thriller. or, uh, you know, this or that. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's a horror film, in Definitely, my opinion. I agree. Uh, but but anyways, like to show you just how far-reaching it is, my mom, who I've mentioned in this podcast before, not a fan of horror. Uh, just she hates it, everything about it. Uh, even uh, – <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> she, she 
even this podcast like there's been times I've, i don't think joe knows this but there's been times that i've been talking about this podcast to like family members and she's like why do you why do you do that why do you like watch <laughs> movies for this she doesn't get it but even her even she loves silence of the lambs she, yeah, one of her favorite movies. So, wow. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah. see. On a side note, get her to watch the uh, documentary film "Why Horror." A guy goes into why people like horror films yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. Have to help check her it out. understand. Oh yeah, I I mean I've I've gone over it with her <laughs> many times. Uh, anyway, just some some people just don't get it. Yeah. As far as as far as uh, people I've met. Anyways, um. So do you have anything? More on, on this? And then uh, there's also been a TV series, yep, Hannibal, yep. that uh, the actor Mads Mikkelsen, or Mikkelsen, I'm not exactly sure if that's how he pronounced his name, but he played the actor for Hannibal in the TV series. Okay. So I think most people know Hannibal from either the TV series or from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. And out of curiosity, have you seen the TV series? Uh, The first season. First season? Did you like it? I did. Okay. Because I've heard really good things about it and it's just the kind of thing where it's it's been on the back of my mind for many years now to like oh, i should watch hannibal just like another character that we'll get to later has a tv series yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that but anyways so you know we usually especially with the slashers the most important thing in many people's eyes is the kill count well with the kill count for hannibal lecter it gets a it gets a little bit hard because yeah there's continuity issues there's the books there's the tv series and usually we're just like oh yeah you know what we're going to only count the uh the movies but again there's continuity yeah issues to where we can't necessarily do that but so i have it written down here that there's there's two different numbers that hannibal lecter has killed 28 people in his lifetime or in the tv series so i don't know if they go with the books with that 28 number or where they got it from. Okay. But then with the TV series, there are 62 kills. Okay. So either way, 28 to 62 kills. Yeah. He's one of the more intelligent killers, I think. Absolutely. He is. Yeah. That's one of the things that makes him so deadly and not only deadly, but charming. And like, he's really messed up because he'll feed other people like the food without them knowing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, is there any moments or, or kills in particular that... Well, the one I think of is from Silence of the Lambs, when yeah. he's eating the guy's brains. Okay, <laughs> great one. I, I always think of when he's talking to Clarice. That line that was quoted in Dumb and Dumber, where like, <laughs> I ate him with lima beans and a bottle of candy. <laughs> um, and then, I actually haven't, I haven't seen this yet, because I haven't watched the TV series, mm-hmm. but uh, I listened to... Uh, Eli Roth's what was it, History of Horror. Oh, yeah, which uh, is getting a second season. Oh, it is, really? Okay, so there's the documentary series, which I haven't seen all of. I've seen the first episode. And there's a podcast, which I've listened to all of. No, Joe has as well. Yes. And I remember the director. I don't know if it was the director, showrunner, what it was. But they interviewed somebody high, highly involved with Hannibal. And I remember him talking about uh, a scene that he had filmed where... Hannibal had like cut open somebody's back. Oh yeah, and then like made it look like angel wings with like the bones and ligaments yeah. and stuff like that. And I was just like, that sounds really cool. Yeah, they got away with a lot of stuff for that TV series. Yeah, that, yeah, that's kind of what I've heard. I, I like I said, I really need to watch it. Um, it's hard, just because as 
some of our listeners probably know, and and Joe certainly knows, because you know, <laughs> him and I being hosts of this, it's hard to watch every single thing with oh, every yeah. single person that we cover, especially because a lot of it's like, oh, I haven't seen this movie in years, so we're trying to refresh our brains yep. with it and stuff like that. But uh, it's 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 on the list, all right. It's on the list of things that I need to watch. Joe has given it the first season a good recommendation. Yep. So I I will definitely check it out. I will say for like the films, like they kind of bored me because I watched horror films like when I was younger. Okay. They kind of bored me as a kid. Sure. So if you're an early horror watcher, I'd probably wait a couple years actually. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I especially Silence of the Lambs. I know when I watched it, I just it wasn't what I expected. Yeah. Because it's a lot more like cerebral. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty brainy. Because most of the times I'm like, oh yeah, let them watch it. But I was like, it, I'd say wait a couple years. There you go, guys. There you go. Um, so I think we're ready to move on to our next killer. Oh yeah. Somebody that Joe, you seem pretty giddy about this one for some reason. I don't know. I just think he, it was an interesting killer. Uh, anyway, and that killer is the Phantom Killer. Some some of you are probably scratching your heads, going that the Phantom Killer. Yeah. So the Phantom Killer is based on a real life killer, but. For this purposes, we're talking about Phantom Killer from the town that dreaded sundown. And that came out in 1976. So that's two years before Halloween mm-hmm. and two years after Black Christmas and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. So it's it's definitely an early example of a slasher flick. Yep. It had a budget of around 400000 with the box office pulling in a cool $5 million. Ooh, that's, that's quite a profit for sure. <laughs> Um, so Joe, what, what do you, just out of curiosity, what do you, what do you think about this movie? Um, when I originally saw it, I thought it was kind of slow and like kind of different than what I was expecting because it's kind of like what they, they call it like a slasher slash like docu. Yeah. Mentory type thing because of how it's set up. Yeah. And like the narrator and from what I understand, I've, I've seen two very conflicting arguments about this. So from one camp. They say, oh, this this movie is more fiction than it is a fact. But then I've also heard other accounts where it's just like, no, all that they changed was the names. Yeah. So much so that some family members of the people from the Texarkana killings, which, by the way, Joe, I, I don't know if you remember this, but on the the last episode, the, the Slash Cards one, Texarkana came up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I, I actually just watched this movie for the first time yesterday as I was telling Joe and when I saw that, I was like, oh, there's Texarkana. But, but anyways, uh, yes, yeah, so the filmmakers were actually sued by um, some of the uh, survivors or some of the people that. Yeah, I know a sibling because his sister one of, was killed. Okay, yeah. He never got any money out of it, though. Oh, he didn't? Shoot. We're rooting for you, buddy. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay, so I will say this. I, I will kind of echo your sentiment for. Uh, this being kind of a different movie than you expected and somewhat of a slower movie. Um, just cause when I was watching it, there were a lot of times where I was just kind of bored. Yeah. Um, some things kind of threw me off just like how you were saying before. It's kind of like a documentary style. So there's like a narrator that talks over a lot of the different scenes, mm-hmm. which I was like, ah, oh, they could have done without that. And then, 
they also have these really weird like 70s sitcom moments yeah where, like there's like these like bumbling police officers it's like wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just and so I, as i was watching it i was just like you know i you can just tell it's an early example of a slasher movie because as i was watching i was like if this was filmed in the 80s i think this would be different this would be different yeah um but with that said so in that film and i actually counted these myself okay you see five kills yeah so did you count the sequel though or it's kind of oh, like a, a meta, re- meta sequel remake that, oh that it's 2014 kind of, one yeah that's i saw that oh. way before i saw the original did you really okay because i didn't know it wasn't like a remake slash meta sequel type thing okay because the thing is i i just thought it was a remake so i i didn't watch it i didn't do any kind of uh uh, look up any kind of information or do any kind of research about it just because I was like, oh, it's a remake. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily need to put it in. But no, I'll, I'll have to check that out for I, sure. I thought it was pretty good when I saw it. I, it's been years since I revisited it, so I'll have to check that out again. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'll, I'll be com- completely honest. I know that this movie has its fans. It didn't really, didn't really do it for me. Yeah. Too much. I mean, it wasn't bad by any means. Like, yeah, I just find it more interesting being that it is like an early slasher. Yeah, yeah, sure. But even even so, like when I was watching it, I was just like, you know, I I know that it's like, you could almost call it like a proto slasher because it's like was like a slasher film before the big slasher boom. Yeah. Uh, but the thing about it is like I was watching, I was like, you know, like Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, like all those movies feel more like slasher movies. Yeah. Than, than that one did but i mean it wasn't bad mm. it did have out of out of the entire movie my favorite scene from it i don't know if, if you this is your favorite or if you want to share your favorite scene after this but my favorite scene slash kill was there's this really cool kill where he there yeah there there's joe's doing the hand signals oh yeah <laughs> um where there's this girl that was in like a she was in a band for her school playing at the school da- high school dance and she played trombone. Anyway, so her and her boyfriend go out and, and you know they they park their car and you know do what you do when you park a car, probably eating Taco Bell or something like yeah. I would be doing. Uh anyways, the uh phantom killer comes up to them and First of all, this, this scene was pretty cool. He kind of tries to open up the car door, and the guy takes off, and so he's like holding onto the car door <laughs> for a while before he tear or pulls the guy out of there, and the girl's like trying to steer with her hand. Yep. Which I, I just this whole scene I thought was cool. But anyways, long story short, the psych or I keep wanting to call him the psycho killer, the phantom <laughs> killer, gets the trombone, tapes a knife onto it. And then starts playing it and moving the slide up and down and stabbing the girl with it yeah. as he goes along. So yeah, that's the kill I wrote down. It's a trombone. Okay, and I thought it was really interesting that because he uses a gun. Yeah. Several times throughout the movie, and there was specifically a scene that for some reason got to me where there's a guy <laughs> sitting there. I can't remember if he's watching TV or reading a newspaper, and he comes up. And he's in the window outside of him. Yep. And he has a silencer on his pistol. And he shoots the guy in the head twice and and kills him. And when that scene happened, I, I literally started looking over my shoulder. <laughs> it, it made me a little bit uncomfortable. Because I know because a lot of people aren't used to like the slasher using a gun. So when I did 
watched this film, I was like, oh, he has a gun. Yeah. I mean, it it felt like you could tell it felt more like a crime movie yeah. than anything. So, Joe, before we before we go on, I wanted to ask you something. Okay. I have this sentence right here. I want to ask you if you feel like this sentence that I'm about to say is a, is a good description for the Phantom Killer. Okay. Okay. A person or thing that is likely to cause harm, a threat or danger. Okay. Does that sound like him? Sure. Well, that is Webster's Dictionary's definition of a menace. Oh. So are you telling me that it would be appropriate to call this man the Phantom Menace? I guess so. There we go. (laughs) He's all of a sudden my favorite killer. (laughs) Anyways, and so I, I feel like it's also important to mention that this, the mask that this guy wears. Yes. Which is essentially a... Uh, what's that called? A potato uh, sack, or yeah, a potato sack, a burlap sack. Yes. That, that's what I was trying to say. But some it, type of sack. But yeah, but I mean, it is a potato sack. Burlap's just the material. Uh, yeah, which inspired many other iconic figures like Jason Voorhees, Executioner Joe, <laughs> all all sorts of them. Oh yeah. See, Joe, when I was watching that movie, the entire time I was thinking of you doing <laughs> all of these, and I was like, Joe wouldn't use a gun. <laughs> You can't prove that. That's that's true. Anyways, so you think you're ready for the next one? Yeah. I'll, I'll let you introduce him. So you might have been wondering about our introduction. Yeah, they'll be sitting there. <laughs> Is this St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> so our next guy, the Leprechaun. Oh yeah. Which that film came out. Like I don't think there's a name for the Leprechaun other being known as the Leprechaun. I don't think so. No. So they. Same like name slash film. He came out uh, nineteen ninety three. It's uh, hour and thirty two minutes long. Had Jennifer Aniston in the film. What what what's her name? Jennifer Aniston. Oh gosh dang it! I kept reading it as Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just joking. Yes. So so if you're wondering, Jennifer Aniston got her start in a horror movie. Before her horrible TV series, Friends. <laughs> Have you watched any of Friends? Yeah, my wife loves it. <laughs> I'm, I'm <not laughs> I haven't seen any of it. She she loves it. Anyways, I'll let you continue. Okay. Sorry. So had a budget of nine hundred thousand, and box office eight million five hundred thousand. So, Dang. did pretty good, I would say. Yeah, it did. And one thing, so I feel like the Leprechaun. It's kind of a bad rep. And, yeah. and very, very undeservedly. Because these movies, I mean, they're not Casablanca <laughs> or, you know, anything like that. But they're fun movies. Yeah, you don't go in expecting, like, big things out of it. You just go in, you're seeing a leprechaun kill people yeah. in weird ways. And and they're, you can't say they're not entertaining. Oh, yeah. And so, I, I, I don't know. I, I like them. He's not my favorite killer. There's some real stinkers in this series. But... <laughs> well, man, he went to space. He went to the hood. He did he's, twice. Yeah, he's got. He's been around Las Vegas. There you go. See, we he travels. Have, we have friends in like L.A. and I'm not. I'm not going to put words in their mouth, but I'm pretty sure that if we were to ask them, 
which one represented the hood more between <laughs> the film straight out of Compton and Leprechaun Two or Leprechaun in the Hood Two? Is, it, is that the name of the, the sixth I, I, film? Back to the hood. Back I, to the hood. I think yeah. that's what it is. If you were to ask which one represented the hood more, every time they're gonna say Leprechaun. Back to the hood. Yeah. So the uh, most people know the Leprechaun being played by Warwick Davis, mm-hmm. but he's also been played by. Hornswoggle. Yep, the wrestler, and Lyndon Porco, who I think that's how you say his name, who plays him in Leprechaun Returns. Yep, which I haven't seen, but I've heard that's a really good movie. Actually. Yeah, I've heard actually some good things. I haven't seen it yet either. It's on my list. Yeah, and and that one kind of did the Halloween 2018 thing where just, you know, forget all the sequels. It's just pretty much a direct sequel to the first film. Yeah. Which... It's kind of interesting. It's also kind of strange if you think about it, because in, I, I guess I don't, I don't think I've even seen Origins, but in all like the rest of the films, I'm pretty sure it's at least implied that it's a different Leprechaun, right? Between them, because he dies at the end of most of them. Well, it's I, I don't know. I think it's the same Leprechaun. Is it? Though. I, I don't know. I. Because I could have swore, like, cause I, I, I didn't get to watch these films until relatively recently, within the last five years. Yeah. And I, I thought he, I, I, I thought it was a different one. Each one, same actor, same <laughs> personality. So it's a little confusing there. That would be interesting. Huh? But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have to look into that. I don't pay attention to these movies for the continuity. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I guess that's true. Like one of the kills I think of is like. When he kills a guy with a pogo stick. There you go. Yeah, you just, first one, th- yeah. That's why you go into it. Exactly. And not not only that, but I don't know. There's just the, the one-liners and stuff like that. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was in uh, one of the Hood movies. He's talking to Ice-T. Yeah, Ice-T. The first one. And he goes, a friend with weed is a friend indeed. <laughs> and stuff like that. It's just like, what the heck? Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I mean, you you, you kind of gotta love him. He's not not to put him down, because I mean he's already pretty short. <laughs> not, not not to put him down. You had to go there. I know, I know. Not to put him down at all, but he's kind of like a poor man's Freddy Krueger, and and that yeah. that's that is not to bash him because I love Freddy Krueger, but yeah, I mean, and we we need a horror film around the times. St. Patrick Day comes around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Halloween has its own horror film. Christmas has how many horror films? Yeah. I mean, yeah, just let's just have one for let's have one for I don't know. Every every holiday should have a horror film. <laughs> Happy Cat Day. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the evil cat right there. Oh, the evil <laughs> cat. How did I forget? Yeah. We'll probably mention that oh, film later. <laughs> we have to. We have to bring in the evil cat sometime. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys will be able to find it because it's a pretty obscure film that a man that I know personally directed. But a 13-year <laughs> venture that I think it was 13 years. He said that it, he spent making this film. Anyways, well, we're not going to go into it today, but we will have to talk about the evil cat someday. Oh, yeah. Uh, and also, we mentioned Warwick Davis. Before we get off, you know, this isn't a big thing anyways, but I think it's also interesting. Some of you that may recognize that name, he was in uh, Return of the Jedi. Yes. My personal favorite Star Wars film as Wicket, the Ewok. <laughs> I'm still really salty about that Ewok Adventures thing, by the way, <laughs> but I'll let it go for now. Anyways, and then also, I don't know if you ever saw Willow, 
I haven't seen it, but I know that he played in it. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So he he was on Willow as well. So yeah. And what do you what do you think about the fact that he's been recast? Um, like I'm wondering if he just didn't want to retake the role or what happened there. I so I I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know that I've heard people you know talking about meeting him at conventions and stuff like that and saying uh that they've like gone to panels and he was like quoting the film and going like hey wait what's your what's your favorite quote from the movie and he'd yeah. say it and he'd like just say it back to them in the voice that kind of thing mm-hmm. and so it seems like he really embraces the roles that was he busy like because i know like star wars has he played any other of the aliens I, or I, I, I know so. they kind of get busy with other things yeah well and you got to remember too he's older yeah so there and and not only that but i mean he's he's a little person you know and i i feel like the, i i think that there's different health concerns yeah that, especially as you age um i i'm not 100 percent sure on that but it could have something to do with that as yeah well. so my thoughts on the recasting hornswoggle that it was a failure there yeah. i'm sorry you <laughs> didn't even talk just some weird creature yeah you yeah whatever there happened but I haven't seen the returns yet, but I've heard it's pretty good. So I, yeah, I have too. Yeah. I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. Yeah, hopefully they they make more because I mean this is it's hard to believe that there are eight films in this franchise, but it's a it's a fun franchise. Yeah, I I know Joe probably remembers this somewhat, but when, I remember being in high school and kind of like talking ill of the Leprechaun, <laughs> thinking that it you know I mean. From the outside, it's a movie about a, a horror film about a leprechaun killing people. You would not expect it to be good. Yeah. Uh, and I remember Joe specifically being like, no, no, these they're actually pretty good, pretty fun films. Yeah, I find them entertaining when I want something kind of horror slash some comedy in there. Yeah. Pop in a leprechaun film. And I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that um, the, the original leprechaun, at least, was supposed to be kind of like a PG type film oh really yeah and and if you watch it, it's fairly lighthearted and stuff like that yeah and so like it was from what i understand it's gonna be like in kind of like the same vein as like gremlins oh, okay something like that and then uh i guess the studio was like no no like give it more gore and stuff let's <laughs> make this a full-fledged horror film see i heard that they actually got permission from kellogg's to put lucky charms in the film but then once the kellogg's people saw it they're like no we can't have this yeah because what, what are they called they're called lucky uh, th- th- there's like a surreal in there. Yeah, it's like Lucky Talisman or I saw the n- it might have been Lucky Shamrock. I can't remember because so then they changed one of the lines to something about Lucky Charms to "F you, Lucky Charms." Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the kid. Yeah. yeah, yep, yep. So yeah, and it's also important. I mean, we haven't gotten too far into the cultural impact type thing yet, but one thing I mean, you can't deny that there's cultural impact. When this film is referenced on Wayne's World, oh when, yeah, when when Wayne has the flashlight, he goes, <laughs> "I'm the Leprechaun." <laughs> Just like, yeah, one of my favorite parts in any film. So, I think we're on to a more controversial one here, aren't we? Oh yes. I'll let you. I'll let you. Okay. Introduce him. So the next contender, the Creeper from Jeepers Creepers. So this film came out in 2001. It's an hour and 43 minutes long. Uh, it had a budget of around 
10 million with a box office number of 59 million, about 300,000. Okay. So, reason kind of controversial is what I'm not going to get like really into it, but it's about like the director. And some people won't even watch these films now mm-hmm. because of what they found out, like what the director has done. Yeah, Victor Salva yeah. Is, his, is his name. But yeah, he's done, he done some pretty, uh, frankly, yeah. disgusting. He went to prison for a while. I don't, a lot of people don't believe he has like served enough time. So that'll be up to you. Yeah, and, and the hard part is so many years have gone by also. Because a lot of people, I don't think, knew about it when the first one came out, yeah. or maybe even the second one. But when they were working on the third one, it kind of, I think, yeah. hurt the film because they couldn't film like in certain areas. Yeah, and the interesting thing about these films, like these, the the first two at least, were coming out when we were in elementary school. So this was somewhat our generation's, you know, Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger. Like this is what people were talking about at you know at the playground yeah as far as like scary things and the first film had uh the actor justin long yeah and yep. he's i guess kind of pretty known and yeah, he's yeah. a pretty good actor so i think like going to the first one that's why i kind of recommend it to a lot of people yeah well and not only that but going in this is one of those films where i recommend going into it completely blind yeah it's kind of hard now because like i know that like some of the DVD covers because they've done different ones yeah. like give it away. Yeah, I always like the classic one where it just shows like the eye looking through, you know, I think it's like the hole of his trench coat or something like that. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. I I I love the first two films at least. I I really like those movies. Yeah. Uh third one's okay. Yeah. And and the thing about those first two movies too is I I have a nostalgia for them despite not seeing them until i was maybe 19 or 20 mm-hmm. uh but like just like watching it just because i remember people talking about them yeah and as a kid i feel like you have like an over, you know somewhat of an overactive imagination so when people are describing things to you when they're describing somebody or a car driving by and watching this man in a trench coat throwing bodies down into a well or when you hear about um, him being on like a scarecrow type thing, yeah, like, like you just see it in your mind. Well, and see, that's the thing. I live out in the country. I go like their dirt roads, seeing cornfields and different things. Yep. So something like that definitely creeps me out. Yeah, same here. <laughs> um, and like, I feel like I don't know if they brought it back in the third one. But on the first film, it wasn't in the second film. I loved his car, though. Like his... The truck? Yeah, that truck, van type thing. Anyway, his vehicle. I'll, yeah. just, I'll just say that. like that. I, I really liked his vehicle. I thought that was the scariest part about it. You know, <laughs> there, he's trying to run him off the road yeah. and stuff. But yeah, that's uh, the first two. I know that the second one isn't quite as popular as the first one, but I feel like it's fine. Like yeah, I thought it was really good, too. Yeah. Um. So anyways, do you have any scenes in particular that's um really one like? that i liked uh so they're getting like the main people i can't think of their names trish and i don't remember the brother's name yeah. they're getting kind of like a police escort somewhere uh, i know the police officers are following them or whatever somewhere and uh the creeper lands on the cop car and yeah. uh the cops are like what is that so the one officer 
kind of sticks her head out and gets grabbed. Yeah. And then he punches through the vehicle and pulls the one cop that's driving up and cuts his head off yeah. and throws it to the other car. Yeah, that movie, and especially that first one, it's just, you feel like, it feels like a nightmare, like with these kids yeah. that you're watching it, because despite everything that they try to do to escape him, every time you think they're safe, whether it's like that scene earlier where they get to that house and they're tr- they're trying to get in the house. Oh, yeah. You know, with the, the old people. Uh, whether it's that scene or that cop scene that you just mentioned. Yeah. Every time there's any sense of security. Because when they're actually at the away. police station, too, it's like mulling through cops and everything. and Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I And... Okay, so early 2000s movies and TV shows oftentimes, for me at least, feel really dated. This one doesn't really feel too too dated in a bad way, mm-hmm. to me at least. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, I we're going to have to go back to the Leprechaun because I forgot to mention this. But the kill count for uh, Jeepers Creepers for the three films, 26 kills total. Which, nine kills on average. Yeah, and those are just on-screen kills because yes. there's implied and shown, like, dead body kills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, when they go down in the... the I think it's a well, isn't it? Or is it just a big, like, cellar? Yeah, it kind of goes into some weird church basement or... Yeah, any, anyways. Something like that. But, yeah, like, in his domain, I guess. Let's yeah. Just say it that way. Uh, there's a lot of dead bodies. A lot more than 26. Yeah, it's implied that he's been doing this for a very long time. Yep, and so, to just... Go back to the Leprechaun films, just really quick. Um, so, out of the kills that the Leprechaun himself has done, there are 57 kills. Oh, okay. Across eight films, so an average of seven kills per film. Uh, and why I said ones that the Leprechaun has caused, because, like I said, in a lot of the movies, ex- except for uh, Leprechaun Origins, he dies yeah. on them. And so... Uh, Anyway, so like you you have that, and then there's also I think in the fourth one there's a kill or two by somebody else. So, anyways, um, there's that. And uh, do you have anything else for the creeper? Um, other than the actor who played him is Jonathan Breck, yes. and that's basically like he's I think been in maybe a couple other things, but that's what he's most known for. And. He's very, I mean, I know that there's makeup and prosthetics that have to do with this also, but he's a very intimidating guy. Yeah, and he actually, I think, shaved his head for the role because he thought, like, the creeper wouldn't have hair unless he consumed it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Dedicated to his craft. Yeah. So next up, moving right along, we have literally the granddaddy of the slashers. Yes. Nobody else would be here. This is definitely one that was a strong, strong contender that just barely didn't make it to the all-star slashers. And that is Norman Bates. Yep. From the course, the film Psycho, which came out in 1960 and was an hour and 49 minutes long. Yep. Directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. One of the most important directors of all time especially when it comes to horror yeah definitely and they had a budget of around eight hundred thousand. is the estimated budget with the box office of like 32 million oh wow <laughs> which back then 
30 yeah 32 million that would go a long ways back then oh yeah for sure and i i mean i don't know too much about the budget oh i guess you already said the budget but yeah eight, or estimated 800,000 okay which i mean i guess that's a pretty big budget for back especially for back then yeah he's like a known director yeah yeah i guess uh because i watched the film that was I don't know how much of it was fictionalized, but kind of about his life. Okay. And, like, I'm pretty sure he, he, like, at least in the movie, he put up, like, his house and, like, other things to get this film made. Yeah, and I want to say when they when he was making it, a lot of people didn't really believe in him, right? Like, a lot of people doubted it would be a hit. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I guess, proved them wrong because this is arguably the most well-known of Alfred Hitchcock's films. And that's, I mean, there's a lot of really big movies that he directed yeah but but arguably this is his biggest one um and i feel like the unsung hero in these is anthony perkins yes the the actor that played norman bates on the first four psycho films i mean his performance on these movies is just fantastic it's just great so because he was like known for like playing a really good upstanding guy in other movies or shows and then like played this and kind of changed his career kind of (laughs) yeah and the the interesting thing i don't know how much we're going to get into it but with when it comes to norman bates not even just norman bates just the psycho franchise if you okay so for years like literally years i refused to watch any of the psychos or not psychos well any of the psycho yeah. films besides the first one i was just like there doesn't need to be any other film mm-hmm. like, we already have psycho it's already a fantastic movie does not need a sequel and finally of last year around last october i watched psycho 2 3 and 4 and i was in all honesty especially by the second one i was blown away mm-hmm. uh Psycho is, in my opinion, the least likely to have good sequels, and yet it does a very good job, and nobody talks about them. Yeah, it's like most people don't talk about the sequels. Yeah, nobody talks about them, but they're, they're fantastic, really. Yeah. I, I Especially the second one. I feel like the second film is, it's it's almost up there with the first film. And there in was, my opinion, there was a remake, right? There was, yes, by directed by Vince Vaughn, was it? Or um, I don't know if he, I don't know if he directed it, but he was okay. Norman Bates on that. Yeah, film. there we go. Uh, terribly, terribly miscast, <laughs> but yes, he was uh, Norman Bates on that film. Yeah, and then there was a TV series, which I I've only seen a little bit of it, called The Bates Motel, and the actor who plays that is Freddie Highmore. Okay. Which uh, I watch him in a different show called The Good Doctor. Really good actor. Okay, there you go. Um, and I I have not watched any of this show. It, some of you may remember me bringing up Hannibal, you know, there being a show about him. Uh, and then being like, oh, yeah, there's another person, obviously, that is Norman Bates. But uh, my wife, she's watched through all of Bates Motel, and she loved it. And multiple times now she has offered to rewatch it with me, <laughs> like watch it all the way through again. And I, I just might take her up on that. Has she like seen the actual movies? Oh, she watched them with me. Okay. Yeah. So before she, or after the show? 
Okay, so she had seen Psycho, the the first film, okay. beforehand, but uh, not the the sequel. She didn't watch until she was with me. Okay, because I was wondering if maybe the show helped introduce. Because I think a lot of people might have seen the show without actually seeing some of the oh, yeah. original, especially some younger people. And I've I've heard some people, especially some like psycho purists, kind of speak ill of the TV show, mm-hmm. but I I. I don't see any harm in it as long as it's decent. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen it though. And I want to say that there's uh, a fifth psycho film that's called Bates motel. That's a, a prequel. Oh, okay. By the way, uh, which I think was like, a, I, I might be making myself look like a fool. Cause I, <laughs> I, I uh, read this a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure that they made that Bates motel film as somewhat of a pilot. for a Bates Motel TV show and it just not a lot of people liked it and so they just released it as a standalone film yeah and uh yeah so anyways Joe what what do you think about Norman Bates as a killer he's definitely an interesting one like the actor like they chose right yeah because how he like portrays him he he looks like a stand-up guy yeah oh he does yeah and the thing about Okay, so the thing, the reason why I love the second film in particular is because, okay, so the first film, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I feel like a lot of people haven't seen the second one or the sequel, so I'm, I'm going to make it very cryptic. I'm not going to give away too much, but, okay, so the first film, he does all these terrible things, <laughs> uh, you know, kills Janet Lee, all this good stuff. Yep. And then uh, on the second one, it's him kind of getting back from like the sanitarium or whatever and trying to be like trying his hardest <laughs> to rebuild his life. And on the film, there's different uh, people that are being killed and you're kind of supposed to be asking yourself, is this him? Is this somebody else? And I'm not going to. Again, I'm not going to get too far in depth with that, but I will just say that uh, I feel like that's a very interesting premise, and some of the kills are really good, too. Okay. Uh, For instance, there's this scene where, and I'm not going to say whether or not this is Norman Bates, but all these kills are on the second one. So there's a scene where a woman screams, and a, a... you know, a, a person with a hidden face, I'll just put it that way, a killer, here we go, I'll say that, a killer, uh, has a knife and shoved, like stabs her with her mouth open and it goes through the back of her head, like through her mouth, through the back of her head. There's also another scene where there's like a knife on, like kind of like balanced on the handrails going up a staircase. And there's a man that gets pushed off of the staircase and falls and lands on that knife and it's just it's pretty cool and i'm not going to say anything else besides like the last minute of this movie is crazy like the it might be five minutes i might be exaggerating when i say one minute but just like the last minute something uh, something just crazy happens specifically with norman bates there's a I don't know. There's a good, there's a, I, I don't want to give away too much. So I will say there is an action that he does that just makes the movie for me. 
Okay. So anyway, so I, I kind of rambled on about these movies, specifically Psycho 2. Oh, yeah. But like the one scene I think we have to talk about from the first one, it's inspired so much. Yes. That's what I was going to. The yeah. shower scene. Uh, yep. Absolutely. Which the murder, uh, it's called the murder, the cinematic, cinematic score by Bernard Hernan. So like that music that. Yeah. The, yeah. Like everyone knows it. Even if you haven't seen Psycho, it's been in so much yeah it has even a beastie voice song <laughs> high plains drifter yeah I'm pretty or no it's eggman sorry eggman so when we're looking at impact this film has done I'm, like a huge impact well and, and we're talking about that one scene but let's open it up and make it broader this is by many historians specifically you know film historians standards this is the first slasher film yeah the first the, the very first one we would not be even talking about michael myers freddy krueger hannibal lecter any of these guys if not for norman bates yep the og he definitely is and i think it's very interesting that psycho still holds up as a film the sequel still hold up and that norman bates as a character holds up yeah and i feel like that's a testament to him because i mean this character's over 50 years old now, which from some of the other characters we'll be covering on later episodes, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. But in reality, 60 years for anything yeah. to be remembered is pretty, pretty uh, iconic. Definitely. So, Joe, do you have anything else to say about Norman Bates? Um, did you have a kill count for him? I do. That's Thank you so much for reminding me. So... Th- this is going to sound really low, and I know it is, but over the course of the four films, four, you know, the four mainline films with Anthony Perkins, there are 11 kills, which adds up to being 2.75 on average. We'll just bring that up to three. So yeah. there's an average of three kills per film. So not... Not a whole lot of kills. Yeah, but he makes them count. Yeah, he he does. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, there's not many kills that I can think of, if any, that are more iconic than the shower scene that we had just mentioned. Yeah. So, Joe, <laughs> this, this is going to seem foolish to ask after we just went through all of these these films, but which one of these guys do you think has the bigger cultural impact? Um... I'm going to say probably Norman Bates, but I think Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, is pretty comparable. Yeah, I think because Anthony Hopkins also helping that because he's kind of a really big actor. Yeah, and, and Silence of the Lambs is, was a huge movie. Yeah, it would, it gave it a lot of success, even though like most of the people were calling it a thriller. We count it as a horror film. Well, and I feel like, I, I'm not the first person to talk about this and bring this up, but I feel like the thriller or what, what do they call it? The uh, there's a term that they call it the the something thriller. Yeah, um, psychological thriller. Or whatever. Something like that. I mean, I feel like that's just a title that they came up for slasher or not slasher, but for horror films in general to try to make them sound a little bit more dignified almost. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, dude, it's, it's a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, Hannibal Lecter is a horror character. He's eating some guy's brains. So that's... yeah, 
pretty horror to me at least yeah with lima beans and <laughs> bottle of candy yeah so yeah i i agree there um i don't know though like i i i'd be hard pressed to say anybody besides norman bates you know as far as impact goes it which interestingly enough i know that we specifically were talking about norman bates and hannibal lecter for the all-star slashers and they just you know, for whatever reason, didn't make the cut. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we we these one those two were heavily heavily uh, considered. But, yeah. And thinking about, it, we have at least two killers that eat people on this: Hannibal Lecter and the Creeper. <laughs> well, and interestingly enough, I guess it's not okay. So Norman Bates and not Hannibal Lecter, but Buffalo Bill. From Silence of the Lambs, which I don't know if we'll ever talk about him as well. But anyways, so Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, along with Norman Bates, were both inspired by Ed Gein. Yep. Same guy who inspired Leatherface as well. So it's kind of interesting that two, those two were, well, somewhat inspired by you know a real serial killer, and then you have the Phantom Killer that was inspired by a real serial killer. I'm pretty sure the Leprechaun. Just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh, where are we going with this? The Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Was uh, somewhat inspired by an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. Well, for I, I don't know if that's official or not. Well, it's so similar. It's... Yeah, if, if you watch it, I mean, it's it, it's pretty much the first quarter of Jeepers Creepers, like the setup of the, yeah. the movie. But, yeah, so, Joe, I don't know if you have any other questions or not uh-huh. questions or anything to bring up. So, out of these, who do you think's like gonna win and who is your and who is your choice i almost that could be two separate things okay so my choice for both of them actually it's gonna be norman bates you think so yeah i i think so like i like i mean i think hannibal lecter will be close if not if, if he doesn't take it okay if he doesn't take it it'll be close I, I'm going to put my money, my not real money, but my, <laughs> my my hypothetical money on Norman Bates. Okay. That's a good choice. I think that Norman Bates has does have a really good shot, and I'm going to say either him or Hannibal Lecter. I think the person who's going to get the least amount is going to be the Phantom Killer. I think so. I don't hear a lot of people talk about his films. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I don't either. He's definitely going to be... Uh, if he if he gets any he might be the first one to not get any votes which i i don't think is deserved by the way yeah but but he just might be because i mean that trombone kill i mean it it, it's it's a better kill than many slashers get yeah but uh yeah so i'm gonna go with going norman bates you're going hannibal lecter yeah and uh a curveball is like leprechaun like i'm sure he's got that fan base yeah got that luck of the irish well and then the jeepers creepers one is or the creeper is hard to gauge too yeah just because of the director yeah because if you were to ask me back when we were growing up i might have even said that the creeper would have won this i know because i think like our generation and like a lot of younger people have seen like the jeepers creepers films grew up on them yeah which is a i feel like nostalgia is a stronger emotion you know than a, a lot <laughs> so anyways yeah i'd i'd be surprised if he i mean i don't i don't think i don't see him winning yeah but i do think that he deserves quite a bit of votes yeah so yeah i think this one's gonna be kind of hard to gauge 
on at least a few of the killers. Yep. So anyways, and I, I'm not you know going to say any of them for the next episode, but we kind of know we're, we're going to continue this king of the A-list slashers next week with five more slashers. Yes. Can you believe it? <laughs> Most episodes we're giving you four. These next two episodes we're giving you five. Yeah. And the thing is, I I remember looking at the list and I was like, man, I love pretty much all of these guys for next week too. So uh, next week's going to be a fun one also. So you guys are going to want to stay tuned. Or not next week. Two weeks. Yeah. Our next mainline episode, I should say. Mainline. So, yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed and... Yeah, keep sharing our stuff. We hit 100 likes on Facebook. And we're a little bit over that now. Yeah. yeah we did hit 100 likes. Our takeover of the world, I mean, it, it's it's starting slowly. Yeah. But, just, it, but it's slowly building. Yeah, when you plant a seed, it grows. That's right. And that's us. So, yeah, <laughs> if, if you guys would keep sharing, keep, and, and more importantly, I, I don't care if... Joe, you might not want me to say this, but I don't care if nobody shares our stuff. More than anything, I feel like we want to see, we want to have interaction with you guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but oftentimes when we get comments from you guys, we make sure to comment back or like. We One of the main reasons that we have this podcast is to use it as a vehicle to kind of just unite horror fans. So we definitely want to hear from you guys. We definitely want to interact with you guys and yeah so keep that up too yep so i think that's everything so bye yep. see you guys later Hasta la pasta. <laughs>